Hey there, future fans! This week, we wake up early, we hate our bosses, we fan old flames, and we play pretend. This is the week of April 17th, 2020, and you are listening to episode 170 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show welcome well i got a whole single comment about uh, how y'all like the new the new format the temporary new format so thank you brian q so for now i'm gonna keep this this kind of show going and then when everything's back to normal i will revisit the patreon idea but for now what i will do is give you the intro so what are you listening to well this is called future flicks with billiam and normally on the show things work differently than what you're going to hear today Normally on the show, we do quite a few things, all of which revolve around movies. First, we talk about all the new news that has caught my eye since the last episode. And then we talk about all the new trailers that have caught my eye since then. In both of those cases, I am not perfect. I miss things, so please let me know if I ever miss a news story or a trailer that you think I should have talked about. And then from there, we go into the movies, which are broken up into two categories. The first is the limited release section, which is just what it sounds like. Limited release movies. These movies are limited release films. And they also don't do anything to grab my attention. Remember, we base everything on this show here on the trailer as we are not famous. It's the royal we. I am not famous. I do not get any sort of early access. But you know what? Even if I did, I don't think how I I don't think I'd change this show just because I think it's a good way of doing it. Because you have to remember that trailers are how movie movie companies all these people sell the films to us. So, hey, why not judge a film off its trailer, right? Well, the other segment is the wide releases and interesting indies. In that section, we go over all of the wide releases, every wide release, no matter how good or bad I think it may be, and then any indie films that caught my eye. And in that section, we tell you what the film is, what it's about, who's in it, and then I give you some thoughts on it. That's something the limited section doesn't do. And then I also do something called the Billiams Interest Level Score, which is a score that goes anywhere from a 0 to an 11. Obviously, 0, really bad. It's a stinker. Don't even, don't even look at it. You may turn to stone like it's some sort of gorgon. You don't know. To an 11 for those films that make me oh so happy to have movies in my life. We then wrap it all up with a question of the week, and I send you along your way to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network and friends of the shows as well. But while this COVID-19 coronavirus stuff is going down, we do things a little differently because guess what? Theaters aren't open. You can't go to a theater and watch a movie. And even if they were open, I wouldn't suggest you go to the theater and watch movies. Because all these people saying it's okay, go out into public, don't listen to them. That Virginia pastor who famously held a service, despite many warnings not to, had his whole congregation come in 
he recently died and had been three weeks since that service. So I, I hope he didn't infect too many people in that time. So stay home. Stay just, just stay home. Stay away from people unless you have to get food or other necessities. Just please. And while you stay home, watch movies because that's what we do on this new amended show is I give you the news and trailers as always, but notably there are fewer news stories and fewer trailers. And then I talk about four movies, not always four, maybe I'll do more sometimes, maybe I'll do less, movies that I've seen recently. I tell you what the movie is, what's about, who's in it, and then I tell you what I thought about it and give it a score. Based on a recommendation from Brian Q, I'm going to try and tell you what movies I'll be watching and talking about on the next show so you could play along. You can play the Future Flexibilium home game. Yay! It may take a couple weeks to implement that, seeing as I also have my wife's opinion on what movies we should watch, so I can tell you what movies I want to watch recently, but she will be the wild card. But I will do my best if you want to play the home game. But I'll tell you what I will do if you follow me on the social media platforms that are Twitter and Instagram. I will try to keep you updated when I know what movies I'll be talking about. But my future friends, without further ado, let us start with the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. In news from, well, quite a few sources, but the first one that caught my eye was People Magazine. Timothy Chalamet is out of this world, they say, in this first look at Denis Villeneuve's Dune adaptation. So don't get too excited, it's just a picture, and, you know, he looks okay. It it doesn't look bad, it really doesn't. I'm not trying to, to shit on it, but it's just a f***ing picture. It's a single picture. And I get it, if you are really, really excited for this film, that may matter to you. Like, what would really excite me? A Stargate movie. Another Stargate movie or another Star Trek movie would really excite me. And so seeing a picture from that may make me go, oh, shit, look at that. And I'll try to, I would try to pull it apart going, ooh, this might be this and this might lead to this. or And try and, and read more into it than you probably should for a picture. So if you are not really, really on the edge of your seat for the new Dune movie, then maybe you won't find the picture as interesting. I just look forward to this as I think Timothy Chalamet is a really good actor, and I look forward to seeing what else he does. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we may not be getting movies in the theater. We may not be getting those, but we are getting release dates for 2021. Disney has announced eight of them, and they are as follows. There's a movie coming out on February 26, 2021 called Ron's Gone Wrong. And it took me way too many takes to say that. I even stumbled on it in my head for some reason. Ron's Gone Wrong. There is little known about this film. All we know is that it's about a world where kids are best friends with walking, talking, digitally connected robots. Raya and the Last Dragon is getting a March 12th release date. Cruella is getting a May 28th release date. Jungle Cruise pushed all the way back to July 30th, 2021. So over a year from now, even though we've been seeing trailers already. But of course, I understand why. And Hamilton, October 15th. That is Hamilton based off the well-known Broadway play, which I still haven't seen, but I really, really do want to see it. But my question is, how tentative are some of these release dates? I believe Jungle Cruise is done. Maybe more of these movies I'm talking about are already done. But for those that aren't done, like, I don't think Hamilton's even near done. I'm not even sure it went into pre-production. Well, maybe pre-production. I don't think if it's, it's gone into proper production yet. And even if it has, it's been delayed. And I know things are looking slightly better out there. But we, even though we shouldn't get, get our hopes up, we shouldn't be 
depressed or down about stuff like this. So it's, it really is hard to tell if these release dates will come to fruition. We, we will see. In a story from Deadline, there are two movies that aren't having their release dates changed, and those are two James Gunn films, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and The Suicide Squad. James Gunn says that this will not affect their release dates. That is because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was already in the future. I think it was 2021, 2022, right? So that won't be affected by this. And they had already finished with the filming for The Suicide Squad, so he's editing it right now, something he can do on his own while being quarantined. So some good news. And for some reason, uh, this, this story comes to us from Cinema Blend. Yondu and Michael Rooker have been in the news a lot recently, because I guess he said, and James Gunn has said, that you, if you see Yondu ever, it would be in a flashback. Like, he will not return. Uh, because James Gunn said it would it, it would then make his sacrifice not mean anything. And also Michael Rooker says that he is willing to return to the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, but it will not be as Yondu. So even though you and I know, my, my future friends, you and I know that in comics, no one is truly dead. I mean, everyone has come back in one form or another, even in a just a short storyline, like Peter Parker's parents even came back. And Batman's parents came back in uh, as Black Lanterns during Blackest Night, I think. Not Final Crisis, but Blackest Night. Though Gwen Stacy has technically stayed dead. Spider-Gwen is Gwen from another reality. But yes, it's rare that people actually stay dead in comic books. But in the movies, it seems like it's more likely we'll never see Yondu again. In a story from CBR.com, we now know more about Godzilla vs. Kong. And I learned that this is called Legendary's Monsterverse. Does everything have to be called a f***ing something-verse? The MCU, the DCEU, in both cases, of course, the U means universe. We know that Universal tried to do a, the Dark Universe, but now we have the Monsterverse. Okay, whatever. So what we now know, thanks to this article, is Godzilla vs. Kong will be the culmination of Legendary's Monsterverse thus far. The film will follow Monarch's investigation into the Titans' origins, resulting in skirmishes between Godzilla and Kong. King Kong has increased in size since Skull Island, just because if the Kong from Kong Skull Island fought Godzilla, he would be so small in comparison. It is set for release on November 20th, so far. There are hints that other kaiju may return. It is also believed that Monarch is working on Mechagodzilla, but some of that is speculation. The only hard facts is that we know three actors who are returning and we know the release date. In this next story from Cinema Blend, guess what other movie's heading straight to streaming? It is Dave Bautista's My Spy. Yes, that is the comedy action movie where he stars alongside a child. If you remember your childhood and watching movies like this, you'll know where it's some kid who's way too smart, and helping out bumbling adults while also getting life lessons from the adult. Nothing wrong with those. It's just a very familiar formula. This one is coming to Amazon Prime sometime this year, though it is uncertain if it will be free to people who have Prime or if you'll have to buy it like certain Prime movies. Ladies and gentlemen, this next story comes to us from Creative Block, B-L-O-K. I, I guess that's a site, that apparently a... Very good Studio Ghibli documentary is up right now to watch for free on the NHK website. NHK stands for Nippon Hoso Kyokai, or in English, the Japan Broadcasting Corporation. 
Well, if you go to their website, apparently you can watch this documentary for free. So something to do while you are quarantining. In a stupid story from CBR.com, apparently in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Rocket will play a big part. Weird. He's never done that before. In a story from the AV Club, Universal's apparently bragging about the digital box office success of Trolls World Tour. In a totally related story, I grieve for parents everywhere. A story from BuzzFeed that I didn't actually read because BuzzFeed is a a hellhole of time wasting. Uh, It just reminded me that if you haven't noticed, Parasite is now on Hulu. If you want to watch the the famous movie that made headlines last year, you can watch on Hulu now. And here I know what I'll do. I did watch that film. We will talk about it next week. That will be one of the films for next week. If you have Hulu or have a friend that has Hulu, get their information and watch this film class. And we will talk about it next week. And my future friends, that is it for the news. Let us take our first break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, everyone, we are back. We are back with everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. All right, everyone, let's start with a movie that says it's coming out on May 8th. But of course, we will see that film is called How to Build a Girl. It is based on a novel by Caitlin Moran. And the good news is she wrote the screenplay, too. So at least the author had some say in this. This stars Beanie Feldstein from movies like Booksmart and Lady Bird. Also has Emma Thompson in it from, well, you know, a lot of sh- Howard's End, maybe. Love Actually, maybe. Sense and Sensibility. Stuff like that. Chris O'Dowd is in this as well from the IT crowd and Bridesmaids. And finally, Alfie Allen from Game of Thrones and John Wick. I think this looked really, really interesting. It's based on a book about a teenager who wants to reinvent herself. Her name is Joanna Morgan. She reinvents herself as Dolly Wilde, a fast-talking lady sex adventurer who moves to London and gets a job as a music critic. This change comes about because she she's tired of her life. She wants something new. She tries to get a, get a job as a music critic or writing for a music magazine, doesn't get the job, changes her persona, and magically, you know, magically this uh, this happens for her. And not only is she doing this for herself, but she's also doing this for her family because they are very poor. And so maybe she can bring some coins to the table. I have never read this book, but I'm going, I'm willing to give this movie a shot because of the two leading ladies, because of Beanie Feldstein, who of course is Jonah Hill's sister. And I say, of course, like I've always known that, but I didn't. And Emma Thompson. I think this looks very interesting and we'll see if it actually comes out on May 8th. So even though theaters will probably still be closed then, we may see it come straight to streaming or maybe it'll be pushed back. We will see. All right, folks, next up in the trailer trove is a film called Dangerous Lies coming out 
April 30th, and it is coming out April 30th because it's a Netflix original film. This is a thriller starring Camila Mendez from Riverdale, Jesse T. Usher from The Boys, Sasha Alexander from such shows as Rizzolian Isles and Shameless, and also Jamie Chung from, let's see, what has she been in? Jamie Chung, what have you been in? A show called The Gifted, as well as six episodes of Gotham. She's done a lot, but those are the bigger ones. This looks like a great Netflix movie, as in it would never, ever have made it on the big screen. It would have been entirely forgotten. But the fact that you're already paying for Netflix and the fact that, hey, we're all stuck at home means that this will probably get watched a lot. And honestly, it doesn't look bad. It just looks like a movie that'd be entirely skippable. Like, if this came out in theaters and I was doing a normal show, I would probably give it a 5.5 or a 6. Maybe a 6.5 if I'm feeling if I'm feeling a little good, if I've had a little to drink. So it's about this woman who's a caregiver for an elderly man. And after four months of caring for him, he dies. Uh, not her fault, we, we think. And her and her husband, who was the gardener or driver or something, he also worked for this old man, they're out of work. But guess what? She has been left everything. So these two people who were down and out now have a very big house. They go looking through the stuff because, well, it's all theirs now, and they find a trunk full of money. Huzzah! But now questions start to arise. How did this old man die? Where did this money come from? Was it his, or did he get it by not-so-legal means. And then they start getting followed, followed by a detective, followed by some other random person. And the detective even thinks that maybe she didn't kill the old man, but maybe her husband did. And thus, we have a typical thriller plot. Typical, but not bad. It looks it looks like a fine film. Honestly, if you watch this, I, I highly think that if I watch this, if Anne and I sit down and watch this, we will think, okay, yeah, not bad. And probably never watch it again. But for that, uh, how long is this? One hour and 36 minutes. We will be entertained. We will leave it going, okay, not bad. That was a that was an entertaining film. And then we will move on. And I think that that's what Netflix originals are really good for. Entertaining films, not bad films, but nothing that sticks with you. So this comes out April 30th. Keep an eye open for it. All right, folks, next up, we actually have another Netflix movie that I think looks way better than the other one, and I'm really excited for now. It's called The Half of It, and it stars, let's see, anyone famous? Leigh Lewis. Uh, let's see, she was from, oh, she's from the currently airing Nancy Drew show on the CW. The other star, Daniel Deemer, nothing much. An episode of The Man in High Castle and a show called Sacred Lies. And Alexis with two S. Uh, or two S, <laughs> Alexis with two X's, Alexis Lemire from Cerebrum and The Art of Murder. I don't know. But the fact that this has no one in it does nothing to dissuade me from watching this. This looks super cute. It's about this girl named, let's see, Ellie Chu, who is a straight A student. She's an intro a huge introvert. She writes essays for people for money. I used to do that. Maybe it's an Asian thing. I don't know. But one day she's approached by this guy, this guy named Paul, who wants her to help him write a, a love letter to a fellow student named Aster. So she decides to help. And in doing so, Ellie meets Aster and she kind of falls for her too. 
So in this very Roxanne, you know, the Steve Martin movie Roxanne, in this very Roxanne sort of way, we have Paul and Aster trying to form a relationship with Ellie helping him along the way, the whole time having feelings for Aster as well. So even though this seems like a modern retelling of Roxanne, but instead of a big nose making the person weird, it's being Asian. Oh my god, that's awful. Okay, never mind. It's okay, I'm Asian. I can make that joke. You can't. So the basic premise, at least, is a familiar story, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is, seems, seems like just a cute love story, and I can't wait for this to come out straight to Netflix on May 1st. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's actually it for the trailer trove. Uh, I thought we had more, but guess we don't. So let us take another break as we hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. And we're back. We're back with the movie talk. Yay, movies. Well, the first movie we're going to talk about this week is a romantic comedy from 2018 called Set It Up. This is about two corporate executive assistants that hatch a plan to matchmake their two bosses just so they can get some free time. This stars Zoe Deutsch from movies like Before I Fall, TV shows like The Politician, and uh, movies like The Flower, or Flower, and The Disaster Artist. Also stars Glenn Powell from movies like Everybody Wants Some and Hidden Figures. Lucy Liu, we all know, of course, from Kill Bill Volume 1, Charlie's Angels, Chicago. And Tay Diggs from Rent, House on Haunted Hill, Chicago as well. Oh, I forgot, that was her connection. As well as smaller roles by Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live fame. And Titus Burgess from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I'll be honest, I love me some rom-coms. I just love love. I don't care if it's like this, which is a standard rom-com where we have actually two couples in this. One of the assistants is played by Zoe Deutsch, the other by Glenn Powell, and maybe they start to fall for each other. Yay, love! Or if it's more something like the half of it, where we have the possibility of a straight relationship or gay relationship, whatever. I love love. Love is cute. Love is great. As long as it's well done. And that's where the issue with Set It Up comes in. Oh, really quick, you can watch this right now if you want on Netflix. But I wanted to like this movie more than I did. And the problems with it were the guys. It's because Glenn Powell's character, Charlie, was just an asshole. And I saw no reason for Zoe Deutsch to fall for him besides his kind of good looks and proximity. That's really it. Oh, and she can connect with someone on the level of, I know what it's like to be shat upon by your boss. But other than that, Charlie is not really a great person. I mean, he's not terrible. He's not like his boss, who's played by Tay Diggs. But he's also forgettable. He's also boring. And I would much rather see her get, see Harper, played by Zoe Deutsch, see Harper get with anyone else just because he sucks. And as far as Tay Diggs' character goes, and I love me some Tay Diggs, all right? Tay Diggs and Rent, 
amazing. Tay Diggs is just fantastic. But his character was just unlikable, where we see more character growth and at least some understanding from Lucy Liu's character. Lucy Liu plays Harper's boss. And I did like that choice, where they worked for the same same gendered boss or same sexed boss just because it's less creepy that way a guy setting up a guy with a girl and the girl setting up her girl boss with this guy as opposed to them swapping boss genders that that'd be a little creepier but tay diggs's character was the only one that didn't have any growth that didn't have any personality outside of the fact that i'm some huge ass at least with charlie glenn powell's character they tried they just failed so this could have been a a very good rom-com. This could have been a memorable rom-com just because of this, this good cast they have. But I think it just fell a little too short because everything was lacking on the guy's side. Because the guys need more than handsomeness to be the attractor. Like, obviously, yes, beauty, good looks, is a very good initial cause for interest. But it has to go beyond that. And when you're telling me we're having characters supposedly falling in love and one of them has no real redeemable qualities besides him being just okay, I wanted to root for the relationships. You should go into a a rom-com wanting to root for love. And if the movie presents itself as a romantic comedy and you can't root for the couple, then it kind of fails. Overall, it wasn't a bad movie. It was just forgettable. Set It Up gets a 5 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a movie that is actually from quite a while back, about 10 years ago. And I wasn't going to initially talk about it, but then... It, the more people I talk to who like rom-coms and who like movies like this, the more of them I talk to that hadn't seen this, the more I thought maybe I should talk about it. This is a film called 2010 called Morning Glory. This is about an upstart television producer who accepts the challenge of reviving a struggling morning show program with warring co-hosts. And that that if you watch the movie, which I think you should, this was an entertaining movie, you'll realize how that premise is simultaneously right and wrong. Anyway, let's talk about the cast. This stars Rachel McAdams from movies like Mean Girls and The Notebook, has perpetual cranky old man Harrison Ford in it, also has Diane Keaton from films like Annie Hall and Something's Gotta Give, Patrick Wilson from the Insidious series, and Jeff Goldblum from movies like Jurassic Park and The Fly. So I may have misrepresented this film when I said rom-com, because it it feels like one. If you watch the trailer, it really does feel like a rom-com, but it's not. It's a comedy-drama, so a dramedy, with hints of romance in it. So we have Rachel McAdams' character, who is, what's her name? Her name is Becky. Oh, she doesn't give, even get a last name. She probably has a last name. They just didn't put it on IMDb. But she plays Becky, who gets fired from her job working at a morning show on some know-nothing network and finds a job as the executive producer of a morning show on a network that's unfortunately named IBS. And she gets this job because no one else wants it. It's the morning show that fails at everything. It's below the Today Show, Good Morning America, and whatever CBS's morning show is called. That's actually a joke in the movie, and I kept it because I can't remember what CBS's morning show is called. 
Anyway, they're last in all the ratings. It's basically a sinking ship, and she's hired to turn it all around. Diane Keaton is already one of the anchors on this morning show, and she needs to find someone else. Well, it just so happens that there's this well-respected, well-known a news anchor who recently lost his job named Mike Pomeroy. She gets him on the show and he event- he eventually butts heads with Colleen Peck, played by Diane Keaton. So we have their wonderful banter, but things aren't going super well. So we have this movie about Rachel McAdams trying to find her stride in this new business. Also dealing with this other guy named, let's see, what's his name? Adam Bennett, who also works for IBS, who's kind of cute, kind of into her, all the while fighting off the CEO, I guess, or COO or someone named Jerry Barnes, played by Jeff Goldblum, who is just jumping down her throat. Can she make the show a success? Well, that's what the movie's about. This was a really cute movie. And you know me, I love using the word cute, but only when it's applicable. And in this case, it is applicable. From those assholes at Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, this movie gets a very mediocre review. Even on IMDb, which is, as far as I can see, its highest score gets a 6.5 out of 10. And I think that is woefully low. This was a super fun film. It wasn't amazing. I, I didn't jump out of my seat going, yes, and triumph. And I didn't, I didn't text my friends right away going, you have to watch this film. Oh my God, it's amazing. But I did have fun. It made me smile. I rooted for Rachel McAdams. I wanted her to win. I loved cranky old man Harrison Ford. And let's face it, it's not hard for Harrison Ford to play, play a cranky old man. He basically just played himself. This is a movie with a good cast, a really good cast. And an interesting plot. How many movies do we have about people who work for work for TV in this respect? The supporting cast really sells this, but the main selling point is Rachel McAdams, who is who is amazing. I love her films. She is great. She has this ability to immediately make people on her side. You watch the movie and right away you're like, yes, I support you, Rachel McAdams. And I didn't know, well, I guess I knew, but I never put it together that Rachel McAdams has been in movies with both Sherlock's. Okay, so she's obviously been in the Sherlock series as Irene Adler, or uh, the Sherlock movies. That's the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock movies. But she's in Doctor Strange as well. Of course, Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Sherlock. That that's fun, right? That's some fun information there. You just you just sit on that. You hold that. Hold that in your pocket for a party. You're like, hey guys, did you know Rachel McAdams was in a movie with two different Sherlock's? Now you know. Anyway, at this point, I don't know what else I can say about this movie. It was just fun. I liked it. It made me smile. It really did. And and this comes from a director who has done a rom-com before and done a good rom-com. Director Roger Mitchell, who directed Notting Hill. Anyway, this movie is available on both Hulu and Amazon Prime, and I highly suggest you give it a shot. It, it is just an enjoyable film. Morning Glory gets an 8 out of 11. And my future friends, let us take our next break as we hear word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast, so please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. 
wall-to-wall filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store. I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there. I'm like, yeah, the did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f*** a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. Alright, we are back. We are back with the final two films we're talking about this week, so let's just move it along with a film called Long Shot. Longshot is a film from 2019 about a journalist named Fred Flarsky who reunites with his childhood crush, Charlotte Field, who just happens to be one of the most influential women in the world. She is Secretary of State, and she is preparing to make a run for the presidency, so she hires Fred as a speechwriter and sparks fly. This stars Charlize Theron from Mad Max Fury Road, Seth Rogen from This Is The End, Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul, Alexander Skarsgård from True Blood, and Randall Park from Fresh Off The Boat. So I liked this movie and I was surprised. Not surprised that I liked it, but surprised with what kind of film I ended up watching. So obviously this is not your typical rom-com, just because it doesn't have that rom-com feel to it. The kind of feeling it does have is like a, well, a Seth Rogen comedy, but without being written by Seth Rogen. So it feels like a movie was written with a character that had Seth Rogen in mind when they developed it. So they just happened to get him. And that's that's what it feels like. It feels like it would go alongside movies like This is the End and Knocked Up, that kind of that kind of comedy. And the movie also impressed me as far as the politics goes, because as you probably know, Hollywood tends to lean to the left. I know, that's a shock, right? And Seth Rogen's character is very obviously left-leaning. He makes no qualms about it. But overall, there's more of an acceptance vibe to the film. Like, don't hate the other side just because they're the other side. And while that is a smaller part of the film, I was really impressed it was in it just because, especially in Hollywood, it's very easy to go, hey, look at these evil Republicans. They hate, they hate the working man. They hate all this stuff. Let's villainize them. It actually reminded me a bit of how the West Wing treated the divide between the two parties. Definitely uh, President Bartlett was Democrat, the hardcore But there were storylines that showed the two sides working together and that, hey, maybe the other side isn't evil at its core. And I think that's a very important, that's a very important story to get across. Though, keep in mind, even though I'm talking about it a lot, it wasn't a big part of the movie. The movie really was more about Charlize Theron's character thinking about running for president and then hiring hiring Seth Rogen to write for her and the adventure the two go on and maybe they fall in love along the way. And I also like that it was a very believable romance. Not once did I stop and think, oh, Charlize Theron with that guy? It it never occurred to me. Well, in the back of my head, it occurred to me because let's be honest, normally in Hollywood with movies, we see relationships with people in their own, on their own level, so to, so to speak. But the movie did a really good job of showing their connection 
beneath skin level, so it was very easy to not be shallow about it. If you remember the movie She's Out of My League, that was the whole premise of the movie. If you look at the poster, it says on it, how can a 10 go for a 5? Implying that Alice Eve was the 10, Jay Burchell was the 5. But the charm of that movie was showing their, their connection as people. So while the base premise may be questionable this day and age, as that movie is 10 years old, that film and this film do a good job of showing that us as a reminder that despite all the beautiful people you see in movies and in Hollywood, there is way more to love than just what's on the surface. And I'm also really glad that Longshot didn't make any or at least none that I caught, so they could have made one, I just didn't catch it, but didn't make any Hillary Clinton jokes, because we have Charlize Theron's character of Charlotte Field being a former Secretary of State, just like, oh, who was that? Oh yes, Hillary Clinton, a blonde woman Secretary of State running for president. And I'm glad that it didn't feel like, oh, let's make Hillary Clinton hot and make a movie about it. Maybe the base idea for the plot could have started there, could have went, oh, what if, what if Hillary Clinton or someone in her position was hot and single? What if this kind of overweight nerdy guy was hired to be part of her group? What if they fell for each other? No matter how the idea for this movie started, what ended up being released was entertaining. It was charming. It was funny. It was well thought out. And in this film, even though Charlize Theron was running for the Democratic nomination, she came across as a fairly middle-of-the-road candidate, someone that I would go, hey, yeah, I would vote for her. It doesn't matter what party I am. So if you want to watch a funny movie with a cute love story that just so happens to be about politics without shoving an agenda down your throat, this is the movie for you. I liked this film, and I will definitely watch it again. And I would watch it again sooner than I would... Morning Glory, even though I liked it. I would definitely watch both of those films again before I would ever watch Set It Up again. And after talking with Anne a bit more about this this new format of the show, from here on out, we're going to try, or we, I'm going to try to talk about movies that are more readily available on streaming services you may have. If you have an HBO Now account or have HBO through Hulu, then you could watch Longshot on Hulu. It's also available on demand on Google Play, YouTube, Amazon Prime for 10 bucks. I wouldn't spend the 10 bucks to watch it digitally unless you unless digital movies are your thing. If I were you and you don't have a Hulu or an HBO account, it's available on Amazon on Blu-ray for $13 or DVD for $7.50. And I lied about the $10 Prime Video. Apparently it's $12.99 Prime Video. And you know me, ladies and gentlemen, I hate those people at Rotten Tomatoes, but this is a time that we're going to agree. This was a good film. Rotten Tomatoes certified this fresh, and I certify this as an 8.5 out of 11. And with that, my future friends, we have one more movie to talk about. And you know, we've been talking about love a lot and happiness a lot. So why not just stop that shit and talk about something depressing? Let's talk about Welcome to Marwin. Welcome to Marwin is from 2018, and it's about the victim of a brutal attack and how he finds a unique and beautiful therapeutic outlet to help him through his recovery process. 
This stars Steve Carell from The Office, Leslie Mann from This Is 40, Merritt Weaver from Signs, and The Walking Dead and Marriage Story, just because I'm not sure how big of a character she was in Signs, Janelle Monet from Hidden Figures, Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones, and Isaac Gonzalez from Baby Driver. This was directed by Robert Zemeckis, also co-written by Robert Zemeckis. You would know him for movies like Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, Flight, Beowulf, Castaway, The Polar Express. And this is based on a true story. Steve Carell plays a man named Mark Hogenkamp, who was an artist. He started out drawing, and he drew a lot of World War II pictures, as well as some more racy bomber girl style nudes and things like that. And then one day he was in a bar and something about Mark Hogenkamp, he likes to wear women's shoes. And he was drinking and started talking about that. And so this group of guys at that bar decided to beat the shit out of him because that's what you do when someone likes to wear women's shoes. I, I, I don't know what their reasoning was. Of course, I'd be really scared for my myself if I understood their reasoning. So they almost beat him to death and they beat him so bad that he can no longer draw. So to keep his art going, he then starts buying dolls and not like Polly Pocket or something like that, but realistic ish looking dolls that he would then work on. And then he created a story, a World War II story set it. Well, of course, it's set in World War II, but set in a fictional city called Marwin. So in this movie, we see uh, we see two different sides. We see Steve Carell's character. Uh, Mark Hogenkamp in his real life as he's trying to become normal again in the sense that he he can talk to people and go out into the world. But we also see what he sees in his head when he's posing these pictures with these dolls. And we see who each of these dolls are based off of. And they're all women. And they're based on women in his life. And all of this is leading up to the sentencing for the men who beat him up. And if you remember when this movie came out, if you listened to Future Flicks back then, I talked about this film and I was interested in it. I was excited for it. I don't think it was the pick of the week because I think there was something else coming out that week that looked more interesting. But I was interested in this film. I waited until now to see it, not for any particular reason. I just kept forgetting. And I have to admit I was a little disappointed. I felt I felt that this film was too disjointed. Obviously, we're slipping between two different narratives, the story of uh, Mark Hogan Camp and the story that he sees in his head revolving around his his doll self named Captain Hoagie and the women in his life who are also like gun wielding badasses. And how they fight off constant Nazi invasion in their little town. But it doesn't quite work. It feels like two completely separate movies that were just spliced together. So it feels very jarring when it switches back and forth. Sometimes it worked really well. Sometimes something would happen in the real world. And then it would move to the doll world or his imagination pretty well. But as a whole, it didn't work. I think there was too much of the imaginary doll world, so I never got I, I never got connected to him. And this should have been an easy sell. This dude who did nothing wrong got the shit beat out of him just for liking to wear women's shoes. He wasn't even wearing women's shoes at the time. I'm not saying that would have been a reason to beat him up, but he wasn't even wearing them then. He just mentioned it. 
gets a crap beat out of him, loses the ability to draw and finds a new outlet for his art, and he's getting up the courage to confront confront his attackers, that should have been an easy sell. That should have been a very easy sell that, yes, I automatically care for this guy. I'm automatically on his side, and it's not that I wasn't on his side, but I wasn't emotionally invested, and that made this movie suffer. And I'm not quite sure what caused my inability to connect with the main character. I'm not sure if it was Steve Carell's performance, because I like him. He, he has done amazing work. But I'm not sure if it's his performance, the way it was written, the way the movie was put together, but something somewhere along the line happened that made me unable to connect with this character that should have been an easy mark. It should have been easy. That there, this injustice happened to this person that really happened in real life that should have made it even easier for me to connect with him. But I couldn't. And when the movie ended, I was just glad that I didn't buy the film. I, I borrowed it from the library and I was glad that I didn't buy it because when this film came out, initially I was certain, I was so certain I was going to like it that I was considering just buying it. Because if you've listened to the show before, you know I say things like this, that, oh, I'm positive I like this film, so I would risk just buying it. Well, I'm glad I didn't for this. And I actually felt cheated that I should have liked this more. I should have cared more. And while as a human being, I care about the case and I cared about what happened because these, these guys deserve to be punished for their crime, for their hate crime. Watching it as a movie, as a piece of cinematic art, I just didn't care. So something caused this movie that should have been a surefire win. Something caused it to miss the mark. The poster for this movie at the top says, based on an inspirational true story. Well, maybe the true story was inspirational, but nothing about the movie was inspirational at all. The only thing I was inspired to do was watch a better movie to get the taste of this one out of my mouth. Welcome to Marwin. Gets a 4 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that is it for the movies. Let us take our final break before we get into the question of the week, and then we'll talk about the question of the week, and then I'll give you the movies for next week. So please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. Alright, we are back. So let me just refresh your memory on the question of the week if you don't remember it. And that is, which fictional character would you enjoy being quarantined with the most? And we didn't get any answers outside of the family. And I am tempted to use Brian Q's previous answer as the answer to this one too, just because it's Nosferatu, but you know, I'm not going to do that. So the first answer comes from Anne, who said, David Rose from Shit's Creek, because she thinks he would be funny and, well, he drinks a lot, so we could drink together. And for my answer, uh, I'm going very selfish on this and saying John Favreau's character from Chef. Because by the end of the movie, he's changed. He's a nicer, more mellow person, pleasant to be around, and he could cook some five-star dishes. I would love that. So, you know what? Let me give you a question for next week, 
and then give you the movies I'm going to be talking about so you can watch them. And let's make this question have nothing to do with quarantine, so I'm going to have to think about this for, for, for just a little bit. Okay, here's one that I may have asked before, but you know what? I forgot. So let's ask it again, and if you didn't answer the first time, maybe answer this time. Or if you did answer already, think of a different one. Yay, fun for everyone. So just like Welcome to Marwin, for me, what was a movie that you were certain you're going to like, but ended up hating? Or maybe not hating, just disliking. So what was a movie you thought you're going to like, but ended up not liking? And ladies and gentlemen, before we go, let me tell you what movies we're going to be talking about next week so you can play along at home. We're going to be talking about Isn't It Romantic? That's the movie with Rebel Wilson and Adam Devine where she hits her head, wakes up in a romantic comedy. You can watch that on Hulu or Amazon Prime. Next, Parasite. Yeah, we're going to talk about Parasite, which you can watch on Hulu. We're also going to be talking about Onward, which you can watch on Disney+. And finally, Spencer Confidential, which you can watch on Netflix. So once again, isn't it romantic? Parasite, Onward, and Spencer Confidential. So I made sure that all these movies were ones that you could watch with streaming services. So if you don't have them all, hopefully you have one of those services and can at least watch one of those films. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for episode 170 of Future Flicks with Billiam. So it is time for the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.